Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I love having all this basketball drama back with the Lakers sucking and the Golden State Warriors sucking. What's going on there? But it's always fun to have the basketball drama back. Bet Online is your number one source for all your sports betting needs, which includes wagering on the National Basketball Association, better known by its gangster name, the NBA. Head to betonline.ag and join and get your 50% welcome bonus just for being friends with JT and Looney. Now, it's got to be your first time signing up at BetOnline to get that 50% welcome bonus, and you got to use the promo code Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Believe, as in the Believe Radio Network. B-L-E-A-V, Believe. Use that as your promo code. You put in 100 bucks, you'll get $50. Really cool. Bet online where the game starts, and now the podcast starts, damn it. Welcome to the JT and Looney podcast. Episode 150. Yeah, how about and that? I'm going to throw out the disclaimer on this one. Get ready. Buckle up, because it's not what we've done in the past. This one's about the election. The midterm elections and Looney and I are ready to go. So thanks for joining us. And I guess that's a disclaimer, Tom. I don't know why I'm throwing it out. Maybe I'm a little bit nervous because we don't normally leave the reservation and go down. Oh, this road, because we, we live in a do. stay in your lane society, JT, yeah, where people that. paint you in a box. You're the sports guy and I'm the sports guy. We are. We should have no other interests whatsoever. We should stay in our lane. However, as you know, JT, not everyone else knows this. I was a political science major in college. This is my lane, God damn it, and I love being in it. Well, the midterm elections are not over because they're still counting votes, especially right. when I live in Nevada. Me too. I live in a mail-in state. Yep, so I'm in Nevada. You're in uh, Hollywood as we get going with this. And again, to begin, I lean to the right. You lean to the mm-hmm. left. Anybody who knows us both, 14 years on the radio together, been podcasting for years and are great friends. Uh, No one's surprised to hear that. And for me, they're still counting votes and we don't know what's going to happen. And that's become commonplace, Tom, in America. I come from a time where people would walk and my mom would work at the ballot location. She'd work at my mother, too. And uh, you'd know by the end of the night after it got dark, who was the president, who was the senator, who was the congressman, a woman now. Now we have to take time to count mail-in ballots, people walking up, uh, absentee ballots and all that. So. I don't think hey, we're ever and remember have- long before there was mail in uh, well, the mail in at the mass scale that we have. We always used to brag about that. My brother was working in Indonesia bragging about how we always knew the night of and then 2000 happened <laughs> and we didn't know for weeks and a month or so. Uh, uh, who our president was. And so now we have more and more people voting. And remember, as we were growing up, they always wanted to make it easier for people to vote. They always wanted to extend But they didn't uh, they didn't improve the machines for the longest period of time because they didn't know whom it would benefit. Now, after all these years, we realize it might benefit Democrats. So they're trying to try to put a halt to the whole thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, look, what it comes down to, too, is I just think it gets people more and more aggravated because they have to wait. You know, the people that are really politically triggered, and I might sound like that in about 35 minutes. (laughs) But for the people that have to wait for these results, 
they get more and more upset because they have to wait. And we, and we do live in a society where a lot of we can get everything right away from our food to the answers to questions. Why do men have nipples? We just Google now before you had to go to the library and it would take you all day. And now we, we, we love having our in- information instant. And that does bother people when they have to wait. And if you whisper conspiracy in people's ears, people's ears, then that adds to the nut nuts who whispers conspiracy for everything. Well, that's a good jump in point, not jump off point. So I believe the reason why there wasn't a red wave and there was not a red wave at all. There was a red wave in Florida. Yeah. Uh, Ron DeSantis and what happened down there, there was a red wave and he worked hard for that, like him or not. But the reason why there wasn't a red wave is because there's so many political assholes on television, on cable news who are all guessing wrong. We don't have proper polling anymore. People don't pick up their home numbers. People don't want to talk to anybody relative who comes to the door, strangers knocking. So we don't have any idea what the polling numbers are. We have an idea of what we want the polling numbers to look like with limited data, really minuscule limited data when we used to have a lot of it because we'd get it over the phone. It was in real time. We talked to people. Now everybody scatters the majority and runs from it. So they got it wrong again. Well, we hate the polls when we don't agree with them. We hate the polls when we don't agree with them. We love them when we agree with them. And I just walked over there. What was your conclusion with that statement about polling? My conclusion was, is that the polling, the polling is so inaccurate now that they're hiring people from 538 who started in sports or they're hiring this consultant or they're blowing out the consultant who did it kind of right for 20 to 30 years. He's too old. He doesn't look good on TV. We'll get the younger skewed polar in there. And it's a mess. And they've been wrong a bunch lately. Now, one of the things they're all right about is how close these elections are. And that's the one thing that blew me away on election night was when I was waiting because we're on the Pacific time zone. Right. right? So if you're waiting on Pennsylvania or you're waiting on New Hampshire or another area, we're up early. You know, it's later on the east. It's earlier here. So we can wait up and see some of this. And when it says like an entire state. It's like 38,000 votes, you know, separating an entire state, which I've driven from. And it takes like six hours to get in between. You go, how does that happen? Because we're divided and everybody's now more motivated to vote. I remember a time, a short time ago in our lifetimes where people weren't motivated to vote. Ah, They forgot about it. They weren't worried about it. Now everybody votes or they're scared not to vote. Everybody asked everybody when they voted. Everybody's in our lives, in our heads. So I think the turnout is pretty remarkable, in my opinion. It is pretty remarkable. And and you're right about that. Back when America was a calmer, gentler nation and less political and people were more happy and loved their country more, they don't vote as much. When you have low voter turnout, I always said that's a good thing. When you have lower, it means you don't have an angry uh, citizenry. People are angry now. And the more angry people are, and, you know, El Salvador after the Civil War, 92 percent of the people voted. When you get up like that, that means you have a volatile country. It's not a good thing when you have a volatile country. It's not a good thing when we were growing up and we were teens and 20s. And as, as really early on when you and I knew each other, a lot of time I was a political science major. Politics was and you get in trouble for saying this if we had a million people that listen. But we don't. So well, maybe it. we will after I get done That's with right. this. <laughs> right. Uh, when, poli- I've compared politics to the airline industry. Uh, when we were younger, JT, uh, people who loved, who studied political science like I did, who enjoyed talking about it, no matter what their background was, whether liberal or conservative, it was a small circle of uh, educated friends. And 
uh, even if you disagreed with each other, it was about whose ideas were better. And if you didn't agree, agree with the other person, it didn't mean they were a bad person who hated their country and they were a loser and a communist and they deserved to be hit in the head with a hammer. Now, what happened is just like with the airlines now, <laughs> now there's crazy people interested in politics who are screaming about masks and Trump and uh, punching people and hitting the people in the head with a hammer or on the airlines screaming about masks and Trump and hitting airline attendants over the head now that poor people can fly. So the our political system has become angry and weird, just like flying on the airlines has been now that you can get cheap tickets. And and it's too bad because it's just more uh, you have a more polite society and manners are important to you and I. We have Catholic school manners when you can discuss when you and I can disagree on an issue, but try to debate our issues vociferously. And then laugh and have a beer and not assume the other person's a horrible person because he doesn't agree with you. I've said this since I've known you and long before. I've never woken up a day in my life where I cared about who my senator was, my congresswoman, congressman, or my president was. Yeah. Never once. And that is honest. I don't care. I really don't. But I care about the process. I care about how to vote, uh, who's telling us what to vote for, i.e. the NBA telling us, take the full day off. We're not going to play basketball games where the NBA is actually going out of their way, in my opinion, to tell you who to vote for by doing that. Okay. 98% of NBA players are voting for one side. They don't protest this issue. They go the opposite. It's not a protest. It's we're not going to play any games and entertain everybody. We want everybody to go to vote. Let that sink in for a bit. So I wake up and I don't care who won, but I live in Nevada and I'm born in New York and I'm a Catholic and I lived out west in California for more years than I've lived in New York. So I've seen all different types of politics. Mm -hmm. And I kind of got this one right with you about a month ago. Yep. You said once Roe v. Wade became that big of an issue and it got to the Supreme Court level, I said that women were going to be riled up, rightfully so, and they were going to run to the polls to vote on their body in this issue and that was going to help the Democrats. That was going to slow down the red wave. I think I've been proven right on that. I also said that the lunatic, and there's lunatics to the left and lunatics to the right. But let's stay where I lean to the right. The Trump deniers, the January 6th deniers, all the radical lunatics that fall into that category, that wasn't going to come to help the red wave. That was right. going to scare the other side to vote more. Check off for JT. I got that one right again. And then I used the line. I said, if you can't beat Fetterman, you don't deserve to win. And I said ah, that right. in jest, but I said, wait a second. Fetterman's wearing a pullover hoodie and he's hanging out. And unfortunately, he had a stroke. I would never make fun of anyone, even yep. though it sounds like I just did. I would never make fun of anybody who had a debil debilitating disease or someone that suffered an injury or a stroke. But when he got ill and had the stroke, I said, everybody in that state, politicians and celebrities like Obama, Biden, Oprah, were going to rally to him. They did. And then I said, everybody's going to figure out pretty quickly that Dr. Oz isn't from Pennsylvania. <laughs> right. I watched Oprah back in the day, like I watched Downton Abbey and the other shows. And I remember him telling everyone where his million dollar mansions were. And he never mentioned Pennsylvania. Right. And I said, that doesn't pass the smell <laughs> test for me. And then drum roll, please. Herschel Walker. Well, wait one. Let me let me just because that, I'm from Pennsylvania that you're, you're you hit that right. Pennsylvanians love Pennsylvania. 
Pennsylvanians love Pennsylvanians and guys, really big guys, the size of big Ben Roethlisberger who wear hoodies. He was perfect for Pennsylvania. And he was quite, he was a Lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania. JT, you can't argue that he's not qualified. He was the Lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania and elected position. So he had run for an elective office before and people recover from strokes and go back to work all the time. So I didn't think that was, uh, that was as, extreme as you mentioned but the number one reason why he won he's from pennsylvania yes so i saw that and i thought that would be interesting and that would polarize the country it would get people talking about it left or right and then finally georgia where herschel walker i talked to a lot of football players on the back end of their lives right mm-hmm. or in, in, at the age of herschel walker with plenty of time to live who are slipping a little bit because they're not able to talk the way they used to talk or remember what they used to remember right. because they were football players and i said i don't know if this herschel walker idea is a great idea you know i thought and i think i told you i go they can't find a former vice president of coca-cola who had an right. unbelievable career at Coca-Cola and took took the, the stock up and the revenue up billions of dollars and then put that woman or male in front of the great state of Georgia. No, they were going to go with the football player, Herschel Walker, and I didn't have a great feeling about that. Now there's a potential with uh, a potential runoff, and that book isn't closed yet. That door isn't closed. We'll wait for another podcast with that. But I said, as I lean to the right, man, they're going to put up Dr. Oz and Herschel Walker. Where are we as a country? Well, we love celebrities as a country. And even those those on the right love to say awful things about Hollywood and celebrities. And then they nominate celebrities um, from Ronald Reagan and Democrats do, too, from Ronald Reagan uh, to Donald Trump and TV stars to run for public office. And the qualification of politics seems to be on the left and the right. That if you can get elected, you're qualified, not if you're qualified, you're qualified. If you can get elected, you're qualified. And you talked about Fetterman and his hoodie, but costumes, costumes like Halloween and politics go a long way back from Jimmy Carter wearing his sweater like FDR. He's a humble peanut farmer, not a rich guy like he was, but a humble peanut farmer or uh, or or. <laughs> George W. Bush, who was born, who's from Connecticut, wearing his cowboy hat in Texas, going up against John Kerry. Remember, he was a windsurfer, so that looks really elite. Well, <laughs> who windsurfs more than people who spend every August getting bunkboard? But no, <laughs> he was real smart. Wore the cowboy hat down in Texas, and with costumes and you know Reagan on the horse. Costumes are a very important part of politics over the years and Fetterman had the perfect costume to win that state. So I'm more upset about the media coverage. That's why I wanted to jump on this podcast because the media coverage is what bothers me the most because those who were yelling red wave, red wave, I was yelling back. So I would watch Fox news more than I, I don't watch any MSNBC, Mm -hmm. but I'll watch it on election night because I think they had some really cool graphics. Oh, they have a good, good numbers guy. Yeah. I watch, you know, I watch CNN for hurricanes. And right. news around Have the to. world Have and to. all of that. Yeah. You know, Anthony That's what they, they do news when they stick to news. They're great. Yeah. And then I watch Fox for the entertainment and some of the polarizing hosts for what they have to say. But I just about three weeks out or two weeks out, some sports radio bloviators are always all of a sudden telling you about a red wave and it's going to be a tsunami. I'm like, here we go. Here we go. The propaganda machine is coming. And I always knew that there wasn't going to be a red wave because of New York, where many congressional seats changed hands and went Republican. But the governor, the governor, okay, that was a big, big race. 
because Lee Zeldin's from Long Island, where I'm from, so I kind of, my buddies talk about that. And then I know how liberal and fun you, you Democrats are in California. Mm-hmm. So oh, I always yeah. think of, I always think of, look, you start, when you go into an election, midterms or a presidential election, and you start off with California and New York, that's like being down 41 to nothing in a football game. <laughs> yes, yes, People yes. have won down 41 to nothing, but barely. So I grew up with oh, that mentality, yeah. but I and never you know, thought there was going to be a red wave. And you know where I, I think a lot of the crazies who just were more worried about taking rather than having fair elections, and it's a, you know, it's a small amount, but they're loud, who, uh, who want to just steal elections are uh, who are screaming about stealing elections but really want to do it themselves are you know what they're really worried about they're really worried about one day if it's new york california and texas because if it's new york california and texas then you're locked out of the presidency forever and so if you can't win it fair and square you got to start making it harder to vote turning people away having intimidating people at the polling places i've all for a long time i've always thought actually Hasn't been a long time because it's been crazier lately. Lately, I have thought that might be part of what it's about. The paranoia about Texas turning blue one day sooner rather than later, most likely. And uh, and then having been completely locked out of the federal level. Well, taking that all into account, you talked about Texas, California, New York. Those are three. So taking the three cable news networks as we look at MSNBC, CNN and Fox News. Fox News is openly cheering, openly like paranoid, freaking out for the Republicans. MSNBC is openly like cheerleader outfits, cheering for the Democrats. With the exception of Morning Joe, he's very fair. And then CNN, the majority of all CNN is polling for the left. The majority of it all there. And it's it's kind of taken down their network financially and some of the shows and the host who can't get ratings and all that. But I'm not here to talk about who has better cable news ratings. When I'm watching election Hey, if they wouldn't worry about ratings, guess what? They and they just did news, they wouldn't have as good ratings, but they have more credibility. Isn't that what's important? I guess not. Well, I don't that's a different topic for a different day. I'm okay. just talking election night. On election right. night, so I love watching people on sports. And in politics, when they're wrong, I want to see their body language. You and I were big. We used to have a body language expert. Yes. On. We love to talk body language. So I'm watching local coverage and I'm keeping it on ABC News with David Muir and Martha Raddatz. And all of a sudden, I notice in the corner, Chris Christie. And he's on the corner. He's on the far corner, which wouldn't be bad if there were three people. It was fucking 13. Oh, that drives so me crazy. He's waiting oh. there and like him or not, he's their lead analyst. He's like the guard. He's their star. So he should be yep. right next to the host. Right. And they parked and he's fumbling around and he's pissed off because they know that they're only going to go. He knows they're only going to go to him like once every 19 minutes. Right. They got to go to the big board and all this. And I'm like, man, they did it. They're putting 13 people either on the long desk around the horn and then a couple of people standing. So I'm watching that. Then I change over to uh, NBC with Lester Holt and uh, Savannah. She had to work twice, Tom. She had to do the morning show with Hoda. And then she had to do election night. She stayed up all night. She told you about it. It was a long night for Savannah. (laughs) And I'm watching them and it was fair. It was good. But then I went over to Fox News. I went over to my home team and turned it on. And it was probably the worst produced and directed election night I've ever seen. And for, since Fox News has been in business, 
that Brett Baer was anchoring it with Martha McCallum, and they had a whole bunch of people, including Carl Rove, who's got it wrong a lot over the years and is very good at politics and understanding elections. They were so bummed out that the red wave came to a halt. They were freaking out, and then they forgot how to broadcast. They forgot to look at the camera, too. They forgot to look in the single <laughs> shot. They were that and rattled. They were, that, they were rattled. <laughs> wow. And Martha McCallum's looking down at her phone, and she's looking down at her phone and like doesn't know if she should talk, and then they're throwing it to someone who finishes their point, but then they don't know who to throw it back to because the anchors are so rattled. And I'm sitting there going, holy shit. This is the network that had Glenn Beck, Bill O'Reilly. You know, you go through the pros that they had, even if you like or and not. Chris Wallace, who was an accident anchor right. on, on uh, election Whatever night. Whatever it yeah. was, they were buttoned up. They were pretty good. Brit Hume. Yep. Brit Hume, a great example. And you sit there and you go, wow. And Roger Ailes was the ultimate scumbag, right? They made movies about him. Yeah, and what movies. he did at Fox, he must have been rolling over like a rotisserie in his grave saying, uh, what's going on here? Time out. Does anybody remember how to cover the election? And I said to myself, whoa, this is good. So I, I hit record on my DVR because it was such a train wreck. I flew over to MSNBC and they're all sitting up straight and happy like they all had because <laughs> there wasn't going to be a red wave. And right. I'm watching it and I'm going, this is media in 2022 on election night. The closest thing we do for a living, which is live sports, where we have to react to a walk-off home run, right. a LeBron game winning three. They couldn't do it last night. Wow. And it's it's quite pathetic when things happen. You know, that that's supposed to be the exciting night. The exciting night for both of us covering sports and the exciting night in news should always be when the unpredictable happens. Oh, my God. It's going to hit the train tracks. You know, it's incredible when you're on the air live because you're out there on the high wire. It's so much fun. It's scary and it's fun. And it's why you do it uh, if you if you really enjoy it is having the unpredictable story. Uh, last year, uh, during whenever, election year, when President Trump came down with COVID and, and, and Air Force Marine Two, the helicopter was sitting on the on the front lawn of the White House in front of the portico and it was sitting there. And the and it was in the, the, the propellers were going around and we're waiting to see is, is the president going to come out in a wheelchair? Is he going to limp out? Is he going to be taken out in a hospital bed? What's his condition? He's old. He's obese. And I was on the air live for that anchoring at KABC radio in Los Angeles, filling in on that day. The afternoon guy was off and it was it's so exciting to be on the air when something like that is breaking. But if you put all your eggs in a basket in a biased basket like that and things don't turn out, you shouldn't confuse you how to broadcast the news if you're not telling people what they want to hear. You just got to tell them. And it seems like when that happens, in this particular case of Fox News, they didn't know how to tell people what they didn't want to hear. You just got to do it. You're in news. Well, I'm more interested, too, in the pundits. So the people that have the politically biased talk shows, uh-huh. they're this bloviating red wave. It's going to be a slaughter or on the other side, on the extreme left or leaning to the left. They're mm-hmm. laughing and thinking it's going to happen this way and it doesn't happen. I like to go back and watch their reaction. Oh, yeah. It's been very easy for me. I've been telling you this since we've been great friends. I apologize five times a day. I screw up all the time. And I wasn't good at this earlier in my life. I apologize to anybody I offend because we're in radio. And I'm not here to get things right. I'm here to have opinions. But I like to get things right. 
I like to be on the right side of making a prediction or thinking what I know is going to happen. And when you see a guy so smug like a Jesse Waters acting like such, I won't even use the language on this podcast, but so cocky days leading up. And then you see him the next day looking like a scared kitten in a cat because everything (laughs) he said pretty much he got wrong other than maybe Florida or this or that, or you turn on, you could have turned on, you know, Lawrence O'Donnell or someone else at MSNBC as they were saying something and they get it wrong. I love to watch how they handle it. And we don't have, you know, and this is what, hold on, excuse me. We don't have people stepping up saying, Hey man, I got this thing completely wrong. I called for a red wave. I was wrong. I didn't figure out. I just want to say I was wrong, but Hey, there's still things happening. There's still, you know, votes being counted. Let's move on. But I want to own it because I didn't get it right. And you've been watching me and tuning into me. We see none of that shit. And here's what's wrong with American politics right now is that no sense of humor about when you're wrong. Right. We could be wrong about any of the opinions we have about health care or where our tax money should should go towards defense, should go towards health care. And really, those are the kind of calm arguments and debates we should have. Where should our tax money go? That's normally what politics is all about. We are all democratic socialists. The fire department is free. The police department is free because we pool our resources. You have totalitarian socialism. We have democratic socialism. And some people want the fire department to be free as it is in the police department. Some people want health care to be free as well, to throw that in as well to the soup. And that's the kind of things we're supposed to debate calmly and kindly. And when we're wrong, who says I'm right? I want healthcare to be free. I want college to be free. Who says I'm right with my cockamamie opinions? And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I can laugh and have a sense of humor about it. My mother used to say the best comedy is always in the mirror. But with these pundits, people double down now and don't have a sense of humor about when they're wrong. And when they came into this election, everyone, the Roe v. Wade story, I thought was massive. Other people will look at the data and say not as big as I'm making it out to be. But the economy your 401k, your retirement, mm-hmm. your savings, and the slaughterhouse that's been happening recently. I mean, recently, yeah. a lot of people, that drove a lot of people to the polls, motivating people, including me. You Do you think that was this- overrated, though, in the way that the, the, in the history of, in the history of statistics, we've never had lower unemployment in the country. So it's weird. Our economy is weird in a lot of different. I'm yeah, talking about the mindset of the economy. I'm talking about right. the real right. inflation, okay. Okay, real, inflation yep. real gas. The mindset price. of the economy is that it sucks. You're right. Grocery store issues, yep. grocery store issues. Oh, and yeah. There's grocery store issues and that's it. But then if you throw in Roe v. Wade, right, then the grocery store issues don't stand alone. And yeah. something I'm really big on, I like to follow on the news, I follow crime. And I'm positive that when I see scenes in Philadelphia and New Orleans and Oakland, San Francisco, other areas, I see crime in what's happening. I thought people wanted to vote for, you know, to, to vote on that topic of crime a little bit more. The data will show who was right. But I thought the economy was going to be the big issue. But what everybody should have seen right in front of them was the radicals on the right who denounced and didn't really care about January 6th. No matter where you are, most rational people understand how right. dark of a day that was, even if right. you don't think it was that dark. If you're a law and order person, and you see people right. beating up cops, you, yeah, you, if you, you don't think that's a sucks. big deal. And yeah. then you start to see some completely radical people running for real offices with no experience, where some people were stupid enough to think they would win, which would cause the red wave, 
you pump the brakes and go, who's dumb enough to think that all of those, you know, election deniers who actually got on the ballot, rightfully so, they have the right to run. You could do whatever you want, but they thought they would win and they got wiped out. And as Obama would say, they got obliterated and people didn't have the common sense to figure that that could happen. That's what this podcast is about, is how the media with all the television, all the radio, all the election talk, everybody just didn't kind of move it all aside and say, what's rational? What's common sense on all these issues? And that's why we're split down the middle with the House. Pretty much it'll lean to the Republicans most likely. And we might have a runoff for a Senate seat because the country has never been more divided. And there's always that argument that the country has never been more uh, close together. We don't. Uh, we, our, our elections are always very narrow. That means we're narrowly divided, JT. They're narrowly divided in Georgia. <laughs> We've been narrowly divided. We're, we're, uh, it's almost 50-50. It'll be 50-50 in the Senate, pretty much, and 50-50 in the House. So we're narrowly divided, JT. That's the glasses have full argument. And, you know, one thing that people have to realize, too, that I've always said about living in a free country Part of the discomfort of living in a free country is some things that you're uncomfortable with aren't against the law. Abortion was available in all 50 states. Yep. A lot of people, even you and I, aren't comfortable with we don't but we don't think it should be against the law. You know, and people who aren't comfortable with gay marriage, people who aren't comfortable with their grandmother walking down the street in a thong. Yes, that's kind of an uncomfortable thought, but it shouldn't necessarily be against the law. That is the discomfort of living in a, in a free society. And we've got to have, a, most importantly, as you and I always have, we poke each other in the ribs about what we don't agree on in politics, and then we laugh about it and move along and have a sense of humor about it too, because who says I'm right, who says you're wrong? Well, I think this is a really important midterm. And the reason why it's so important is that I believe that a lot of people who lean to the right, like I do, thought mm -hmm. that this was easily the end of Biden done mm -hmm. i mean he was going to get slaughtered or lose convincingly to to the right he was going to lose it was going to be not a red wave but he was going to lose and it would be the end of his agenda and things that those on the right don't like and, By the way, did you see his press conference today it was like he was 40. <laughs> yeah the makeup was perfect right and oh then my god for those who there wasn't a red wave so they're celebrating even though there's some outcomes there I really thought, I don't remember a time, and you can go back to Newt Gingrich and Clinton and those who knew politics better than us. We're just two friends talking about what we just saw from the media during the election. So many people got it wrong this time. They need to be called out. And I think it reminds everybody about how much needless time they waste on their device, their laptop computer, watching certain cable news shows, listening to the propaganda that we see in front of us, the ads, the political ads, no one on God's green earth, no one got more calls to their home because I still have a landline than I did. I live in wow. Nevada. Okay. I All live right. in Nevada. My wife and I are both registered and we're available to get in touch with and it didn't stop ringing. Finally, that comes to an end. I don't care who wins. I really don't. I voted for people I wanted to see win. If they don't win, you don't. <laughs> I don't care. But so right. many people are out of their fucking mind, triggered, your friends, your family, you've lost people that have gone off the reservation and will never come back because all of the television, the noise, the radio got to a lot of people, not a little people, 
It got to a lot of people, and they're going to study that for decades and generations. And you and I at least have one uh, colleague and former friend that, uh, and we only say former friend, we've lost touch, but um, who we think the Internet may have driven him crazy. And uh, he's so much smarter than ours. If he watches this podcast, he's just going to text us. You got this wrong. You got this wrong. You got this wrong. <laughs> I know. And he's about. so smart. I know. Yeah, and, uh, and everybody knows somebody like that. And this is the way it shouldn't be. You know, uh, my uncle, Mike, when he was in uh, Vestal in the old folks home, they had to fix the TV. And this is a thing all over the country in assisted living places where they have to fix televisions so it won't go on Fox News. They have to fix the remote so it skips by Fox News so it doesn't trigger. He was getting triggered. This was wonderful uncle of ours who's always in a wonderful mood until he watched Fox News. And then he would get triggered. And that shouldn't be. You know, politics uh, shouldn't be. And, and we all have to do that. When, when, we, when you read the echo chambers like you're talking about and you get fooled, and people don't like to admit they've been fooled. That's why they won't deny things later. Uh, they... We have to you can put down the device. You don't have to scratch the scab if you get upset about multi-gender restrooms, then stop reading the articles about them and move on. Right. If you're going to get don't scratch the scab, there's a whole life to be lived. Well, as we're still counting votes here in Nevada, I'll leave you on this and someone make a T-shirt and hit us up and like the podcast and get right back to us. But remember the T-shirt. If you can't beat Fetterman. You don't deserve to win. Incredible symmetry again. Thank you for listening to all 33 minutes and 33 seconds of the JT and Looney podcast powered by Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.